Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving. Now, in season two, The Cannamom Show continues on its mission to empower women-centric cannabis businesses by sharing their stories with you. Go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back, and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's The Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Well, wow, everyone's here. This is a big show today, Dave. Just before we get into it, how was your Passover? Virtual? Do it? Yeah, yes, no? meh. No, I don't know. We're, we're, my family is just didn't really have a chance to do proper Passover. My dad in the hospital should be home soon, but so my mom had to sneak in some Passover food for him to enjoy in the hospital. But <laughs> All right, but next we, year we, in Sharon. Next, next, next year in Israel. Year, that's right, that's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's all whatever. How, all was, right, how so, was yours? Did you host? No, we did nothing. And I did. I watched a virtual <laughs> one on my computer. It was all odd. I'm going to either. I don't know what I'm going to think about this next year. All right. Oh. But before we do whatever, not everyone cares about our Passover plans. I can't believe that. Oh. Um, we have a really big show today. So I just want to before we go on, I want to give a shout out to a documentary I watched this weekend called We Deatrix the Movie. Now, this is a really powerful documentary, We Deatrix. It's about families who need medical cannabis to help their incredibly sick kids who are, you know, literally risking everything, even having their children taken away in 2021. So it is really, it's more than a movie. It's a rallying cry uh, because even in states where medical and recreational cannabis is legal, parents risk being charged with severe medical neglect seriously, for treating their own sick child with cannabis. So we have to change this. Weediatrics, it's streaming on Apple TV and Google Play and Amazon. We are definitely going to be talking more about this in our show today with our guest in, in May, because May is Mom's Day, and 
we want to talk about weed and cannabis and children. So that's our thing. So if you want to see the trailer, it's in the show notes. Really powerful. Made me cry. And I talk about this all the time. <clears throat> so that was my weekend. That was uplifting. <laughs> well, I, you know, it, when you watch TV, if you're watching a documentary, that means you're learning. So it's time well spent. And this seems like it was particularly time well spent for you, even though some of it might have been depressing, right? Yeah, time well spent. That's a nice way to put it. <clears throat> okay, so before I introduce our guest, we want to give a big thank to today's show sponsor, Cannabis Creative. Cannabis Creative is a Boston-based female-founded business with decades of experience in web design and development, SEO, SEM, branding, social media marketing, and content strategy. So thank you, Cannabis Creative. And wow. Okay. So we have a really special podcast for you today. It might have to be two parts. We'll see how this goes. We have three guests. They are my Canadian Canna mom, Canna sisters. So maybe you can sit back, get your joint ready, your tea, because it's going to be a long intro. <laughs> First, <laughs> our friend, the Reverend Kelly, truly embodies what she does as the founder and manager, managing director of Kelly's Green Lounge, KGL, a cannabis-friendly establishment quickly gaining notoriety within the cannabis community and within its local community in Orono, Ontario. She brings a wealth of experience as an educator, counselor, and builder of community to her work in founding KGL. She is a certified Reiki master practitioner and is studying plant medicines and other healing modes to add to her skill set. Reverend Kelly was ordained as a minister in 2020 and holds the Cannabis Church of KGL as a celebration of unity, community, and respect for the cannabis plant and her divine properties. Leslie Anderchuk comes from another angle. She is a global digital publishing and marketing executive, having spearheaded digital media and marketing at the Toronto Star, the Globe and Mail, Global Television, and a number of global brands such as Vodafone and McCann, Ericsson Worldwide. She recently launched Alpha Woman co-company, a diverse and inclusive independent media company with the mission to help all women optimize their lives physically, mentally, and professionally, so they are prepared to step into leadership roles, both corporate and government. This company includes digital publication, a podcast, and events, and along with our friend Amy Ryman, our third guest, <laughs> she also co-founded the recently launched Eve's Collective, a consumer-facing company with the mission to build a female-dominated cannabis movement that will grow as a recognizable icon that women can trust and celebrate. And Amy Ryman, founder of Hip Lies, my first Canadian connection, and the winner of the Bong for Mom Quilt. <laughs> that might be her greatest note. She is so much more. You can listen to her entire episode right here on the Canada Mom Show, or you can learn more today as we talk. These Canadian cannabis ladies are now working together to form a collective to inform, educate, and connect women in cannabis. Eve's Collective, please give a warm The Canna Mom Show. Welcome to Amy Ryman, Reverend Kelly Addison, and Leslie Andrichuk. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, Joyce. That was long. Oh, you guys look great. Okay, so this is going to be a good show. So before we begin, let's have each of you introduce yourself just so they hear your voices, know who you are, and kind of give a little, your motivation, what motivated you to come into this community. And let's start with Leslie. Thank you, Joyce. It's such a pleasure to be here and with such a, a, an illustrious group of incredible women. Yeah, so I started in the, the whole cannabis industry about two and a half years ago. 
just before the whole federal legalization happened up in here in Canada. So it was a really exciting time. And I had spent many, many years as a digital publisher and marketing uh, executive, like you said, at Mm -hmm. uh, Toronto Star and Global Mail, some of Canada's largest media organizations. And I also worked internationally. So you know, when the whole legalization thing was happening, the reality is I've been a cannabis um, consumer for many, many years. Second generation, my mom is a cannabis enthusiast. She grows her own plants and she had a very successful career as well. So now we're on to the second generation of professional driven women who are also cannabis consumers. So I've never felt any stigma towards the plant and have always enjoyed it. So when I realized that this whole legalization thing was coming down the tubes, I learned all sorts of, I I, I consumed so much information about cannabis, how it works on my body and what the importance of it is as a plant, as a medicine, as a wellness aid, and as just a recreational tool, you know, that that is not bad for our society. I became really passionate about launching a business in this industry. So Being a media person, what I know is I know how to build media properties and aggregate audiences and match advertisers with with audiences. So the natural thing was to launch a digital publication. Along the way, though, however, uh, going to many conferences and panels and so on, I noticed that it was just a sea of white men up on the stage. Really? David, I'm really sorry. That's shocking. (laughs) I know, poor David. He has us every week. Every every, every (laughs) week. Uh, No problem. So there was the origin of Alpha Woman right there. It was just like, oh my God, here we are. We have this incredible industry that is being built. The last thing we need is yet another industry that is just as, you know, a sea of white men. When in fact, the legacy industry really has been driven by women and the plant is a female plant. So let's, let's take this opportunity that we have to build an equitable, diverse industry that can show the rest of the world how that can function and we have this opportunity now so alpha woman was born you are speaking my language all right (laughs) i say this all the time all right let's go to reverend kelly i was like so inspired by that that. i wanted to get on my soapbox and leslie's soapbox after that wow we're giving you a soapbox all right reverend kelly Am I allowed to smoke by doobie? You can do whatever you want. Uh, So we just want you to be happy. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about where you are and what was your mission? What got you into this? Hold on, Joyce. Do you ever think there's a time I'm not happy? I don't know. Every every moment I've seen you, you've been like this. So, (laughs) (laughs) but I've never actually seen you in person. But this feels like your real vibe. Day when they open the borders and allow us to be close to our friends again. There's gonna Um, be a tunnel. They're gonna make a tunnel for me and Dave. I'm gonna make a tunnel. I'm starting to dig it right now under the lounge floor. I've got my shovel. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on my on your show. I love your show. Thank you for joining me. It's so important. It's so trailblazing. You're in a country that's still illegal, and you're doing this and you've been doing for a while yay Joyce we're gonna get back to the Canadian American thing later but just tell us a little bit about you what is your mission tell people who you are they can well, feel your energy over the you know over the podcast <laughs> I just was this hippie lady that was like I worked in the music industry for a long time and then I became a teacher and so it sort of combined the two when legalization happened people were asking me all the time what's weed 
what's going on? I heard it's medicine. So as it was something that was in my life for a very long time, it was never really something that was illegal to me because I was, it was just always around. I dated the musicians, everybody was passing weed. But when I started to recognize that, wow, this plan is amazing. Holy jump in. I started to re-research, took some classes, went to university for some classes. And then I started a platform a couple of years ago called Kelly's Greenland so people could connect and so we could get this information out there. And then it got so big and so popular that we had to open up a real live lounge. So that's what I'm sitting in right now. And we are, unfortunately and unfortunately, depending on which way you look at it, glass half full, the only cannabis lounge left in our province after COVID. So we had even like the biggest ones in Toronto go down. Well, there was one that actually changed into a dispensary, but yeah, we're the, the only one left. But what's wonderful about our green lounge is it's not just a cannabis lounge, it's a community. And so the community started building around and all of the things and we do recreational activities and we do workshops and classes and we teach a course, but all the people that were coming here were finding each other and they were coming for love and lessons and therapy and healing. And so it just kind of became a church. Which is nice. kind of weird because oh, no, I got one down here. My friend, Ari Bliss, I was just talking about it two weeks ago. She's really? at a church. Oh yeah. You know, Ari Bliss, Sandy Bernier down in, she's in Massachusetts. I will connect you to. Oh, I would love to meet that human. They have a cannabis church. Yeah. I went down and got my seeds there. I would <laughs> I talk- love to meet them. I would love to meet them. Anyone that has that, that deep embedded cannabis spirituality, because when we talk about cannabis, we talk about mech medical, recreational, but we don't talk about the spiritual properties enough because even before cannabis had a name or was called something, they were using it in religious sacraments thousands of years ago. And so we were finding that here and that led me on my path to become a minister with a spiritual designation of cannabis. And we are in the application process to have the first cannabis church in our country. And that would mean that cannabis would be an actual religion in Canada. So fingers crossed, we should have that all paperwork back uh, in four to six weeks, actually. Well, they're saying it's a little bit longer because of COVID, but that's hopefully it. And that's me. That's quite a story. So Reverend, I just, the story we're releasing today, this week is about cannabis wedding expo. So all the people who want cannabis weddings, but one of the things is where you're going to have the wedding. There are always issues with location. So you're on it. All right. That's a lot. All right. So we got one end, we got the other. And now my friend, Amy Ryman, who she can tell I a little about. I think we spoke which, before. I'm <laughs> talking to you a couple of times, just a quick overview. And, and this, you know, and I, we're going to kind of move into the children and parenting thing. So you can get to your son at some point, but just where are you professionally in this world? Uh, well, right now, actually, today is exciting because launching Hip CBD. So today is the, the launch of the six products in your country, not Canada. So pretty, pretty stoked about that. And I'll pass you on some info. You can circulate if anybody's looking for topicals and gummies and capsules and sexual enhancements and everything CBD can do everything. (laughs) All right. So, so these ladies have come together. Like I said, they're all in Canada. I'm here in America. It is very, very different. So even lounges, cannabis consuming lounges, I don't, think we're even allowed to have them here I don't even know where because that was an issue in Denver when I went is you could purchase it but you couldn't consume it anywhere so it was all I think private clubs or you know outside and that is very state specific so I don't know can you talk I don't know who wants to talk sort of like America it's all piecemeal so can and just sort of talk about the overview like what it actually looks in Canada because I'm not sure all my everyone understands like how different it is up there 
Wow. Well, we're legal. We're legal coast to coast. We're coast different coast. province wide. Okay. Of course, um, every province was given the right to make their own rules. For example, Quebec, you have to be 21 to purchase and consume cannabis. But here in Ontario, you're 19. Oh, so although we're oh really? The, the age is even different. different. Yeah. So it's different okay. for every province. And okay. um, rules are different in each province, how we would consume inside or how we would purchase. So that's, so that's, that's different a little that's bit. That's similar. And then in terms of just, so we had a situation here where it sort of came in as medical. Now it's transitioning into adult use, which I, I think it's all personal use personally, but we've just, we divided this industry into two parts and I'll just talk about Massachusetts because it's so specific here. When Massachusetts set up their industry here, very state specific, they set up the medical first and the only people to get licenses were people who could do seed to sale. So we really only had like kind of big players come in. Now we are opening rec dispensaries daily. I mean, it's, it's happening quickly and we're starting to bring products in. So that's sort of where we are, but we can't cross state lines. So I have friends in California who have these amazing products, but they have THC in them. So I can't try them. So how does that work in Canada? Can you send it places, mail it? How do you get it? You can mail it. You, you can, can mail, mail it. <laughs> you can take it with you on the plane. I would travel to BC and you can have a, a certain amount on you personal, as well as you can grow up to three plants uh, per household. Four. Four. It, four. In Ontario. Except in, Ontario, in, in Manitoba and Quebec, you cannot grow. Nope. So it's interesting. They oh, interesting. In, so there are some differences. Okay. Yes. They, so the federal government put in the like a legalization framework around recreational cannabis because we already had the medical cannabis framework. Oh, you did. When, uh, when did medical set? When did medical step in? Do you 1991, remember? 1991, I believe. Oh, so you've had that quite a while. Oh, a so you're time. you're building on top of something that exists. I Correct. Didn't know that. Correct. Okay. Okay. So then, so then it was the federal legalization of of recreational in October 2018, but they allowed each province to have a lot of leeway in how they rolled out the legalization. So the, a lot of provinces also allowed different communities to pull out of allowing retail outlets in their yeah, communities. We did that too, yep. Right. So now they're all kind of, I think, regretting it. They're all like, ooh. Uh, yeah. Great. But that's sort of similar. So you could see it across the state. Again, Massachusetts is very small. This is in Canada. But, you know, we had, you could see it across the state. The western part of our state is uh, much more rural, um, agricultural, old industry, perfect for cannabis, like literally perfect for cannabis. And you can see how it's bringing back some of the smaller towns that have been willing to have, you know, may, it's very local control, mayors who are willing to treat it like, like treat it like a shoe store, then it'll make people go through crazy stuff. Wow. You know, but the flip side is, yeah, but the flip side is that we are allowed a 3% fee if you want to come into the town. You know, and then and then it's a very expensive proposition because you need to hold on to the properties for a year, maybe two before you even know if you're going to have a business. So the people who have the property know they can basically extort you. Yeah. And on top of that, <laughs> the towns and communities, because the dispensaries want to make nice, they want to be friendly with the communities and they want to make sure they're connected well. I think that's a good right. idea. Yes. They're also willing to give up a lot more equity and things to the town, which they don't have to do, which no other reasonable business would. On top of the fact that we have a federal issue where you can't deduct your business expenses. So it is really hard here. <laughs> yeah, that, that is really tough, Joyce. And then another thing that up here in Canada is that Health Canada, it's, it's a weird situation because the regulations around not just for the production of the plant. So obviously, when you roll this out federally, there's a lot of regulations around you know, just, just the, the, the growth, the cultivation, and then the production of the plant, 
so that what hits the market is pure or that the consumer knows what is in that product. But then Health Canada also regulates how the products can be marketed. Mm -hmm. And so you've probably heard that, but up here, everything to do with the marketing, the packaging is so restrictive that it's, it's virtually, it's extremely difficult to build a brand in the cannabis industry. But it also a lot of times just makes zero sense because we're not doing the right thing by the consumer by um, educating them about products, about the attributes of different brands. And, and it's just, so it's interesting to see how the framework was rolled out, but now we have to figure out, okay, how do we actually make this work? How do you, how do you personalize it? All right. So yeah. we're literally the opposite. So you can, you, you can, can brand anything. it, <laughs> but you have to have so many labels on it. And I'm a cannabis industry person. I work in the industry. I consume cannabis. I have no idea what the 12,000 labels that are containing the small eighth of cannabis <laughs> Supposed it's to be a whole industry. Me. Labeling uh, and packaging goods is, is 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 a huge industry because of yeah the compliance and uh, just the number of of things that you guys have to identify for sure. And then the other thing is, what about packaging? So this is I've heard this in some women's forums, like you know the packaging yeah. industry. We're, we're killing the environment down here. And what is and the reason they say they don't have better packaging is because it adds another layer of expense that people aren't willing to pay but i say it's so expensive anyways when i go into the dispensaries i'd be willing to pay a little bit more to know that i'm not throwing away another stupid plastic thing and they mm. could package it large. i don't know packaging is a huge issue down here what's going on up there what they need to do is yep. make the packages out of hemp right for real guys like for put real. some women in I'm charge because the little containers as like plastic little face stuff i'm making crafts out of them because you can't recycle the darn things it's no and then they need to fix it and they put like like a gram in a massive container that is not recyclable and yet we're supposed to be this and you know sustainable industry that's going to change the planet and that was something that really distressed me when the whole industry was launched. All right, well, that's something different. we have in common. That's one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All right, so the rules so are pretty- So Legacy has, there's yeah. an idea. Legacy yeah. has these tins that they use and they're like tuna can tins. I don't know if you've seen them, if anybody's seen these Legacy products. They're beautiful. They're made of tin. They're recyclable, recyclable. Is that the word? They can be recycled. And, and they're not thrown into the waste. Now, I, I know they're legacy that are using them, but it's so smart. If we can get on that or we can use jars or here's an idea. How about we use our own containers when we go in and reuse them like bulk barn or I don't think bulk barn is in. Is bulk barn in the States, Joyce? Do you have one of those bark bulk places? Well, you go in, you use a container, you fill it up and you don't have to use one use plastic. I know, but right? I don't think anyone's touching anything anymore. I'm not even allowed to smell my cannabis. Like you used to go in and back um, before COVID, like you can't touch it. You can't get near it. You can't do it. There's no bulk bins. There's no more, there's no more anything like that. <laughs> but I mean, we can't, we're not have access to it because it has to be so precisely measured and it has to have 12,000 labels on it. But I do, I don't understand why they have to package it so small, but that just seems ridiculous. I don't know, but the, you know, yesterday I was on a um, clubhouse. I was in a clubhouse room last night. And there was a, a man talking about the packaging that you're talking about, Kelly. And apparently it is a nitrogen. There's, there's a nitrogen element to what you were talking about. And they were talking about actually that it keeps the product fresh as well. Wow. Because a big problem that we've had up here with the legal product 
and I was hearing them talk about down there in the U.S., is that often, especially the beginning, the product, like you'd open up the, the cannabis, it would have been packaged six months ago, God knows when it was harvested. And so it gets incredibly dry. So what there's, there's a lot of focus now on how do we create packaging that is not only sustainable, but also allows the product to stay on the shelves and fresh for an extended period of time. That is like a brilliant idea. Little sardine cans. Why not? That's like perfect. It's easy to, if you have to package it so teeny tiny and you have, wow. All right. Anyone, anyone out there listening to us, friends, make it happen, please. Yeah. That's just, and it's, it's fun and you open it, but then you couldn't reseal it, I guess, but then you have to smoke it all at once, but then you have your own containers. You put it in, you open it up, you put it in your own container. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need those little plastic things you pop open and yeah, it's ridiculous. So I always do can't mine anyway, you know, because they always come in those, a lot of them come in those ridiculous um, packages that are very difficult to open. Again, accessibility, you know, a, a lot of folks are using this for mobility issues, or if you have arthritis in your hands, how the hell do you open those packages? Right. Wouldn't it be better to get like a doobie, a joint and like a little sardine can? Right? Pop it, yeah. It's All right. So much easier. Look, we're solving problems. Okay, so that's another, <laughs> Can I? let's see, what else are the big industry and then flour how do you sell it do you sell are you selling all the products are there products you can't sell there are things that i know there's issues with cbd i, I don't quite get what the difference is up there yeah cannabis 2.0 okay yeah amy what is it 2.0 amy's just gonna step right in cannabis 2.0 what's that introducing uh edibles uh and gummies as of last year or last year and are there dosage limits on all these yes yes and these but these are anything can be infused these are thc infused Okay. Anything can be THC uh, infused, but our CBD is derived from cannabis itself, not hemp. So that's okay. what is the difference between uh, our CBD and yours. And we don't really grow hemp all that much. I don't. Yeah. Know I was going to ask you that because I know hemp like, farms in Canada. Because there's an issue down here. You know, the 0.3 thing is ridiculous because it's made up, and people have to destroy their their crops because of this ridiculous whatever. But I know that a senator, I think it might have been Rand Paul, which makes me sad, but probably is him. I think he actually just introduced a bill trying to up it to like 1%, which would be helpful. But you don't even have that distinction? We do. Uh, with distinction, you know, so for uh, a, a pediatric CBD, you still need a 0.1, like a, like a 20 to 1 you would need because you need THC to absorb the CBD when you're taking it. So, so it, is all, it is all measured for, for however strong a potency you're looking for against the CBD. All right. So it's just, okay. So again, <clears throat> the cannabis hemp thing is confusing here. It's, you know, it. It impacts our industry, our CBD industry. I mean, it's because it's so sort of over-regulated, under-regulated. People can buy it at a CVS, but that's not really a product. So you almost have to know who's growing your hemp at this point to know that the product that it's being made is being tested and all that. Right. Oh, well, so, how about, how, yeah. And what about lab testing? I know that's a huge issue in America. Like who's really testing it? If it's really right, it I don't. It has that, to be. Do you, treat, do you treat it more like a medical like how do you treat it up there in Canada? Well, like a medicine? That's sort of an issue. So they it's treat very, it there's, there okay. is a medical stream and then there's a recreational stream. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of pediatricians and a lot of physicians right now are not prescribing cannabis. What they're telling their patients <laughs> is go to the rec store because you can buy it there. So there's a lot of like, really, it's almost like when recreation happened, they forgot about medical. And it's like medical sitting there going, hey, we need some dosing information in our stores. We need our people behind our counters to be able to give this information to the people that are coming because the doctors are coming and telling them to come to us. 
Right. In Canada, you're not allowed. In Canada, in our recreational stores, they're just recreation. So you can't give their dosing information. Right. People are getting sick. Older people are falling and hurting themselves. So that's our big disconnect here. If, if, if you're going to ask my opinion on it, that's our big disconnect here. Well, that seems to be universal because we talk about how like doctors don't even talk about it. They don't know there's an endocannabinoid system. They can't dose. They can't prescribe it because they don't even understand it. I am on Clubhouse, you know, and I hear doctors and nurses talking about this now. They're talking more, but... I mean, it's a huge issue across the board. I'm just going to skip up to Weediatrics and we can come back to Use Collective since we're talking about medicine and cannabis and dosing and all these things that we want cannabis to be used for. So all of you come into this differently, but I know Amy's son, <clears throat> that's how I met her originally. She's a cannabis mom who is using cannabis to help her child. So this is very personal to her. I just watched this documentary, Weediatrics, that I talked about earlier. And I just, it's a... It breaks your heart, right? So I know we've talked to this off air. Uh, Leslie's son is 16. Kelly's son is 13. Yeah. yeah so we've, where mom and my kids are older and I smoke with them. So it's a different process, but this is just really, this is so universal because we have to normalize this. And this pediatric still points out how misunderstood this is. So let's just start, Amy. So your son is young, the youngest, I think. So yeah, how does he, how does he understand the plan? Yeah. Yeah. So how does he understand the plant? And like, if he saw something, if he heard somebody talking about this in a negative way, I know he has a way to speak back to that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, he thinks it makes him stronger. You know, what, what was the noticeable attribute right off the get-go was the side effects he wasn't getting anymore. So he was on a plethora of pharmaceuticals and he wasn't eating properly. He wasn't sleeping properly right away. We noticed that was, that was curbing. So, you know, Outside looking in, he's still going to have, you know, his tendencies because he's 10. But overall, it was those side effects were, were gone. And uh, we've just had such great success overall. But recently, because we, we get our fulfillment from the same licensed producer we have for three years, we were in a program that allowed a really good percentage off of our, you know, prescription monthly for his, for his CBD, because it is quite expensive. Medicinal CBD in Canada is, you know, it's, it's up there. They've got rid of that program actually during COVID, which I thought was really interesting because it almost forces a lot of maybe lower income families to have to go back to pharmaceuticals because of course our drug plans in right. Canada are so good. They get those for free. And I just thought like, you know, we're, we're trying to do something good, but now we're taking it away. So you have, but, 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 because all, all since the get go, I thought, you know, we've really kind of nailed it. Uh, all right, I mean, I, need, I just need you to back up as an American. I'm sort of like, you what? Wait, wait, come back I know. <laughs> Yeah, you are. So, wow, that's amazing. So you were able to actually access some sort of healthcare benefits for your son's CBD. I only paid for shipping. America, is anyone listening? Anyone? Anyone? (laughs) I don't even... Okay, sorry, I just got distracted. Okay, keep going. <laughs> well, I mean, but but that's it. I mean, he he knows the plant. We grew our own CBD flower last year. We went through the whole process of extraction together, and we use oh, it in, great. in all of our cooking. So we do cannabis cooking. But you know, to the naked eye, cooking with cannabis and your child is like, what are you doing? And uh, you know, it's CBD. So we we've it, you know, it's 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 by the time it's diluted and everything else, and if you had a little sore on your back, you probably won't have after dinner, but breaking the mold and, 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 you know, he's, he's comfortable talking with it and encourages other kids. You don't want to be taking pills. So right. that's what he knows is oh, that that's he interesting. doesn't have to take pills anymore. And, and um, do you have a connection with his, the nurse? Cause I know that was one of the stories in the pediatrics is the school nurse was so anti CBD. She reported yeah. on a family. So yeah. it's, how is that? Have you had a relationship with a nurse in your school? 
So when he was having to take a top up because he, he's actually cut back on the CBD, it's been doing such a such a great job. They were a bit hesitant to have to give it to him, and you know they they wanted to know how to handle it and how to store it and and all the right questions. But it's it's become normalized, I think, you know, for some students that uh, do take this right. as their their prescribed med. And yeah, you know, it was his pediatrician initially that had some pushback. He said, like, if you're gonna do this, like let us know how it goes, but I can't uh, say anything. I don't know enough. Right. Which is sort of a typical doctor thing. All right. That's, and again, I just find these stories are, you know, moms doing what they need to do to heal their children and not getting support is sad. All right. So Reverend Kelly, you're the next, next child. So, so you're again, so I have to talk about like, this is new to me. My mother still thinks I'm in a drug cartel, but you guys came from families. Well, this was normalized. So you're like the third generation. So how does your child talk about this? How does, you know, what's the relationship? Yes. So I've, I've always just, it's always just medicine. So what kid wants medicine, right? So it's not something he is attracted to or finds interesting. That said, he does understand the culture, the weed culture. He sees it in movies. He hears it in music. And he also very much understands what I do for a living. Now I'm in a very small village of 1200 people. And some of the kids in his school have said, your mom is a weed bitch. I don't (laughs) often say that word. But that's what I've been told that these children have referred to me as to my child. So he just does this best to correct them. We call it cannabis in our house. She's a a goddess. She's a cannabis goddess, if you must know the truth. (laughs) (laughs) But he was in grade seven health class. And he was also told recently that marijuana is a drug. And he put his hand up and he said, excuse me, it's cannabis. We do not use that racial word and it's a medicine. So he was able to, at that time, teach his class what cannabis is because he understands the medicinal properties of it. And my concern with the curriculum with that is, what if there is a child in that class that uses cannabis for their medicine and now that teacher's just told them they were a drug addict? It's not okay, and our curriculums need to change in that sense. But thank goddess, we all have children that can do this work in the meantime. That's what I thought. Well, the first time we had this conversation, I just remember being so awestruck by it because I just talked to a woman who had, you know, who's in her 30s and was damaged by this idea that she was in school. The police officer said it was dangerous, and she was afraid they were going to arrest her father. You know, and that's a very hard thing for a child to understand how to split themselves. So I, we have to be transparent and it's so great that the kids are coming out because, you know, we're going to meet in the middle. We're going to come in the middle. The kids are going to talk about it. The adults who know and the ones who don't know yet are going to be squeezed out. So that's our goal. All right. And Leslie, you are a teenager. Yes. So my, my, my son is 16 and yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. So he, we live here in downtown Toronto, a huge city. And my expectation is that, of course, he will run across opportunities to consume cannabis and or alcohol of course with COVID the poor kid has been you know isolated at home but if he was living a normal 16 year old life in his journeys around town these are opportunities that he would have and so my point of view and one of the reasons why I love federal legalization is that it does give us the research and the science and the framework to talk to our children our teenagers our adolescents about cannabis usage about intelligent and smart and responsible cannabis usage and alcohol usage and quite frankly when I stack the two up 
I'm going to be really transparent here. I would vastly prefer that my son be consuming cannabis than alcohol. However, the discussion is in our house, I'm very open about the fact that I consume cannabis. You know what? I also have a glass of wine every now and then. And I'm open about those two things. But the discussion is you're 16, your brain is very precious, and you shouldn't really be doing either of those things. And, you know, wait till you're like 18, 19, when your brain is more formed, it's not going to damage it. However, if you do want to try cannabis, come to me. Don't, don't, don't try something off the street or from one of your friends. Come to me. We'll, 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 we'll go through that journey and that experience together. Nice. And, and again, like, you know, so when I was growing up and if you got this, it was, it looked kind of weird. It doesn't look anything like the cannabis I buy now. (laughs) It's like, you know, it's like buds and it smells nice. If I can get like a good dispensary, you know, they're not all great out here, but it's just, I didn't know this is what it was. I didn't even know it was a pretty plant. Uh, This is a, you know, this is a whole, it's, it touches everything I say. All right. So these ladies aren't just amazing moms with kids and talking about it, normalizing and do it. They are also creating this great business called Eve's Collective. So let's start. Amy, do you want to do the first description, how this all sort of happened? And maybe Leslie can talk about, Leslie and Kelly can talk about what's coming up. Sure. Well, actually, Leslie and I scratched the surface on this a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, well, COVID's had its uh, some 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 good brainstorming times with having so much time uh, on my hands, <laughs> in our hands, and and whatnot. So we 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 well, we all did. You know, Joyce yourself. We we talked about ways that we could take each of our individual platforms and things that we were doing and bring it all together to to collect. And I think you know the comp- competition in the space, especially for women, maybe not having that that spirit. It uh, it just creates more of a movement. It reaches more people. And and, and that was the goal is to 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 have that empowerment with more than one under this banner. And of course, Eve is pretty uh, synergistic all over the world. So we, we do hope to reach international territory where women can't maybe get it, but they can get the message. Absolutely. And all right. So Leslie, I know you guys, you've been working, trying to create some events that are coming up to bring community together. Do you want to talk a little bit about what's coming up and what you're hoping to um, do? over the summer? Yeah, absolutely. So we really wanted to try and bring a different experience to the market for a consumer focused event, essentially, with regards to, you know, women's journey with women's journey with cannabis. So we really are inviting women who are curious about cannabis and who are, you know, that sort of fierce, resilient, independent woman who's, you know, really looking to to be her most real authentic self and yet may not have, you know, that experience and the education that she needs to really get, take that next step. So we're, we've put out, we're doing four different events, one a month over the summer, June, July, August, September called Evolve. (laughs) As you can see with Amy, the beautiful logo. And we're going to be looking at different aspects of cannabis and how it interacts and interjects in a woman's life. So our first event is called Genesis and is about, you know, this ancient plant and where it comes from and how it's been used by women over the ages and an exploration of, of the plant and how it impacts our planet and, and us. And then the second event is called work. So, you know, as professionals, how, 
how, how do we, again, it says molding of this fantastic new industry that's coming online. How can women get involved? What kind of opportunities are out there for, you know, women to bring their power and, and change and shape this industry? Then the third um, event is called Play, and that's all about, yay, a cannabis at play. So everything from like sex and, you know, having fun with cannabis. Fun? Do we have fun anymore? Who has fun anymore? Oh Oh my my God. God. (laughs) Let's try and find the joy. So finding joy in life through cannabis. And then the fourth event is Revelation. So let's look at the future of, of where cannabis can bring us and, and the future of the plant, but also we wanted to weave psychedelics into there. So because we're hearing so much more now about how the benefit of psychedelics, particularly for mental health. So those are the four events that we lined up uh, for the year. And, we'll see and those, so those, are these virtual events, correct? Or are these... They're virtual for okay. now okay. All right. because we are limited at the time. You know, we don't know where COVID is going to go right now and we're keeping it virtual for now. Okay. But there's going to be lineup. I know that I am talking to women every single day who are amazing. Are these just Canadian ladies or American ladies? What are you doing? Anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. and everywhere. Uh, global have, ladies. Uh, internet. Um, All right. Global are... ladies. And are you looking yeah. for speakers still? Are you, what are you doing? So we are we are looking for speakers, attendees, uh, sponsors, anyone who wants to reach out and get involved. We launch tomorrow, <gasps> and uh, tickets will be on sale. So you know, just connect and see how you can be a part of it all. It's going to be really exciting. We got some interactive stuff, so it's not just uh, content, content, long days. Get up, move, breaks, some motivational empowerment stuff, and and really just you know the therapy that comes alongside of treating yourself with cannabis of course it not being the be-all end-all uh, which is what hip lives has always uh, premised you know so we've got some 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 therapies and it'll be uh, really good days oh this is gonna be great all right so always so this is being recorded so it's launching april 1st that's not a joke that's a real thing by the time this comes out it'll be up and going everything will be in the show notes you'll be able to find more information about it this is going to be ladies anyone who's listening the people who are you know setting up products, people I'm talking to in Canada, people I'm talking to in Mexico, people, I have a friend in France. Anyone, if you want to be part of this and you have a skill set in talking about the plant, playing with the plant, how do we, what's, what's the, what is your revolution? What happened to you when you started using the plant? Reach out to them. You'll be able to find the notes, how to connect them. All right. So, oh my goodness, we keep talking and talking. We have more to talk about and get back to them, but I do have to take a quick moment to break up this great conversation with our guest, Reverend Kelly, Leslie, and Amy, my Canadian Cannamom connection. I just need to take a minute to talk about our sponsor, the Cannabis Creative. So you know how I say that everything in cannabis, you have to have something special because everything, cannabis is everything the real world has, but a little upside down. So if you're operating in this industry or you want to enter the cannabis industry, you need to work with a cannabis specialist. And Cannabis Creative is just that. Cannabis Creative is a full-service digital marketing agency that provides cannabis and CBD companies a suite of marketing solutions, ranging from branding and web design to social media and email promotion services. And the Cannabis Creative team has decades of experience in web design and development, SEO, SEM, branding, social media marketing, and content strategy. Cannabis Creative has a Boston-based team, which is majority female, was co-founded by friend of the show, Josephine Nowitz and is leading in representing women-founded and minority-owned cannabis and CBD businesses, including Blue Forest Farms, Pure Oasis, Sanctuary, Grow Generations, and more. 
And if that were enough, Cannabis Creative won the Hermes Creative Gold Award for e-commerce web design, which highlights Cannabis Creative's extensive record in providing innovative digital marketing services to its clients, as well as the agency's deep understanding of the specific marketing needs of the cannabis industry. So if you want to increase your dispensary foot traffic, boost your presence on the web, or elevate your online impressions, the Cannabis Creative team wants to meet you. You can learn more about the Cannabis Creative at their website, where you can find a full listing of the services, review their portfolio, or read one of their many insightful cannabis business blogs. And when you are ready to work with their team of cannabis marketing experts, remember to use the code CANAMOM for a free marketing consultation. All right, Canna ladies, we are back. Reverend Kelly, I feel like I haven't talked to you as much as everyone. <laughs> You're usually so chatty. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about your lounge? Like, because I don't know, I've actually even been to a consumption lounge. So for anyone who's here, who's never even experienced something like that, how do you, how does it work? How do you come in? Is it like a band there? Like, is it like a bar? What is it? Wow. <laughs> I wish I could take you around it. I'll take you, I'll take you on a virtual tour sometime. So you okay, can yeah, that'd be good. Like. Yeah. <laughs> is your producer removing his headset? Because I'm so loud. I'm so sorry. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're perfect. I'm you're perfect. You. He, he had an so itch. It, um, So in Ontario, we have a bylaw and the bylaw says no smoking or vaporizing inside. So we can't actually consume combustible or vaporizing cannabis inside. But as we know, there's so many different ways to consume cannabis. So people can bring their edibles, they can bring their tincture and they can put it in their drinks. And there's just so many different ways, right? But if we want to consume, we just head outside to where we've made a little smoking section under a tree, a beautiful pine tree. So that's sort of the same thing I think you guys do there. Although you were mentioning earlier that you weren't sure if there was a model like that in the U.S. There is. In California, called the Vault. And the Vault, you go in your dispensary, and then you just walk through a door, and you're in the lounge that's attached to it. Yeah. And then, so it's a really uh, cool model. I wish they had that here. And I think that that is the plan. That's what the plan was uh, at the beginning of COVID. They sent me out a whole bunch of forms asking me for like, hey, what is it that you do? <laughs> what is it you'd like to see? So I had to fill them out. And I know that they probably would have maybe made some decisions with regards to that, because I, I think that that should be the model, especially yeah. when it becomes a patient that needs it for a consumption, because maybe they wouldn't have a place to consume their medicine on their own. Maybe their home wouldn't allow it or the street wouldn't allow it. I know that right. there's a lot yeah. of laws down in the U.S. like that. So a lot of housing, there's a lot of housing issues here. You know, if you live yeah. in any kind of subsidized housing, there's lots of issues with smoking mm-hmm. and consuming. And yeah, that's but a big issue now. Right. If that's how they want to consume, and every patient should be allowed to consume their cannabis as how they want to consume it. Now, I have made special arrangements when there was a, a Canadian Army vet who came in here in a wheelchair once, and she was um, brought in because we have stairs, and she consumed her cannabis in the lounge. And I said I would have taken the fine that day because she fought oh. for our country. And um, I wasn't going to send her back out in the snow when she had somebody drive her five hours to get here. So I feel really lucky to be able to be here in this lounge and to be able to offer that to the community. I hope that one day our model will change to reflect everybody's needs. So Reverend Kelly, so are you like on a, I, when I used to, when I used to leave the country, when I used to leave my house, I used to like to try- <laughs> You know, we would, I used to do bike tours and things, and we would always go through sort of small towns and find kind of quirky places that you could, you know, be part of. And I have this idea that I should set up my house as a, the Cannon Mom tour of North Cambridge. My husband can teach them all sorts of like random things about 
North Cambridge and Tip O'Neill and we would let them consume in our back lounge. So are you part of any sort of like bike trip? Does anybody stop in your town to bring people there or any kind of tour people? Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. There was actually some, there was bicycle people that came in one day for coffee. That was the only thing that was open and they couldn't believe that there was a cannabis lounge and they, they ordered my coffee, which of course was not infused. So yeah, we've had that, but people do come from all over for, to come to our lounge. We've had people come from the U S and so it does get a lot of hits for tourism. Of course, a lot more before the apocalypse, but yeah. we're hoping it'll come back. That's fine. Cause I know that I just the quick, the cannabis wedding expo. One of the things she talked about is a big at these events as these um, bud bars. So at the a wedding, so I guess you'd have to have the event someplace where you could consume, but you could, they, the, the bud tender acts like a wine some the air. So I'm, I'm not saying that right. And then the, you know, you, that's part of the wedding. So could, do you have weddings? Do you do weddings or events at your? Yeah, we're, we're going to be launching that, the part of our church this summer. And as a Reiki master, I'm actually able to put energy from one participant to the next while I'm healing them with cannabis or while the ceremony is happening with cannabis. It's sort of like a magical thing that happens. We all wear pointed wizard hats. No, I'm just kidding. But we, <laughs> <laughs> we make the magic happen at the weddings. And that, of course, starts this summer, as do our um, bachelorette and bachelor parties when yes. we were allowed to have that happen in our lounge again. Oh, that, oh my God, that sounds so fun. Remember fun people? All right, so we're going to be doing this for the Eves Collective. We're going to learn about, actually, Leslie, can you do the four topics again before I? Yes. Yep. So the first event is June 18th and it's Genesis. The second event is in July, I believe it's July 14th and it's Cannabis at Work. The third event is in August and it's about Cannabis and Play. And then the fourth event will be in September and it's about Revelation. So the future of Cannabis and Psychedelics. All right, we're going to plug in this. It's going to be great. So those are future plans for Ease Collective. Let's go through personal future plans for, I know it's been a rough year. Everyone's had a rough year. So Leslie, you've had a bunch of shifts. What are you, you know, Ease Collective is taking up a lot of your time. I'm sure your son is too, but what are you looking forward to 2021, 2022? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, Joy. So I also am, along with launching Eve's Collective and this incredibly exciting initiative with Amy and, and, and you and Kelly, I'm also getting, you know, Alpha Woman really rolling. So, you know, last part of um, 2020, I kind of put the business a little bit on hiatus, but we're getting season two of the podcast is launched again. I'm getting a membership going for Alpha Woman, getting that community um, really going again so that we can, you know, make sure that this world has more and more diverse female leaders in it using cannabis as well as aid. Just, just part of the package, just, just a yeah. supplement. And Kelly, you got the lounge, you got the weddings. What else are you looking forward to? Summer, winter, what's your favorite? What's coming up? We've also launched our KGL TV channel. Oh, wow. So we didn't talk about that. We're going to have a platform that is all kinds of live programming and we're going to, we're making some shows. I'm actually debuting the Reverend Kelly Green show on our 420 event. We're going to do a 12 hour event. It's going to be a crazy day. And Oh yeah, 420. We didn't even talk about 420. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So you're actually doing a 420. Oh, you Last doing, okay. year, we were supposed to have a real live life event. And of course we were locked in. So we pivoted and we did a 12 hour of lots of lives all day long. Amy was part of that. She came on that day. It was just a very, it was a really cool day. And we, it made the 
news stateside. And the same article is Willie Nelson's and Snoop Dogg's event. So we decided we're going to do the same thing again. And we're going to broadcast from the lounge. And we just have all kinds of crazy well, stuff. Well, if, if you want the Cannabom to make an appearance, I got nothing to do for 420. Please, so come please, on. Right. Even <laughs> David here. David's going to come on. Yeah. Oh, Dave. All right. And Amy, my friend, Amy, so you got the Evolve. What's involved with these ladies? What else? You get the products. Talk about a little bit the products too. Yeah. Getting the uh, the product rollout, obviously I'm going to need some support. So uh, launching an affiliate program through uh, hip lines and uh, really just kind of honing in on the humanity as possible pillar, you know, during all of this and feeling so disconnected, especially being single and on my own, you know, good majority of the days, you know, just reaching out, connecting and, and making sure that compassionately is, is, is first why I'm entering and doing anything, but yeah, PPE. I, I've been, I've been right there since, you know, the start of COVID and we're, we're making, you know, we're, we're making some governments quite happy with the successful imports. It's been a nightmare. So, so yeah, we're just giving back, paying it forward and meeting people where they need to be for what they need. So because everyone needs a little help. And then before I actually do a sign off, so I know people listening can't see me, but the Technicolor Cannabis Quilt is done. We are starting to launch our, it's going to be a giveaway. We've decided what we're going to do. It's going to be something that you're going to have to enter. We're going to be supporting a great organization out here in Massachusetts, Massachusetts, Elevate Northeast, who's trying to educate um, the population on what cannabis is, how it can be used, advocacy, education for, you know, politicians, anyone who needs it, they're coming to them because these are ladies who know what they're talking about. So that's how Cannabis is going to support through the Technicolor Cannabis Quilt, and maybe we'll get some attention. So more on that. So if they want to reach you, Amy, how do they reach you if they want to get in touch with you? Connect at hiplives.com. Connect at hiplives.com. Connect Leslie? Leslie at alphawomanco.com. Alpha Woman. And Reverend Kelly? Kelly's Green Lounge. Kelly's Green. Anywhere. <laughs> anywhere you can find her. She's on TV. She's on a podcast. She's in her lounge. She's everywhere you want to be. All right. This was a great hour. Thank you, my friends. Thank or my teachers. guest, Amy. Leslie and Kelly and my Canabro, David Yaz. You were quiet today, but you took it all in. We didn't abuse you too much. How could I have possibly gotten a word in? Come on. Sometimes he gets a, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Our Canabom show team, Catherine and Hayden and Beth. Great job this week. I want to thank Josh Lampkin and Bella Jaffe for writing and performing the Canabom theme music. And most importantly, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Canabom show where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry one can of story at a time please follow the Cannamom show anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast and we are a production oh i forgot the first slide i'm joyce gerber <laughs> i am your host <laughs> this is the Cannamom show and we are a production of pod 617 the boston podcast network Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.